Get your official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Yes, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are coming at you live if you're listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, October 17th, 2020 at dnrstudios.com and just for today at Instagram Live. Yes, we are live streaming the podcast for the first time ever and probably the last. That bell should be over here closer to me. Uh, listen, if you uh, if you listen live, call us at 844-825-5367. Uh, if you don't, leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to this bullshit. Like our Facebook page, download my comedy albums, and most importantly, get your official ass merchandise. T-shirts, tank taps. <laughs> tank taps. Get a tank tap. Tank tap. Tank tops. Okay. Even a ball gag. You can get all of that at adamsank.com. And no matter what else you do, guys, vote. There's nothing more important right now than your vote. Go to vote.org to find out voting procedures in your state. Cast your vote as soon as you can and as often as you can. Spell's not oh, working today. Uh, vote like your life depends on it because it does. Hey, today we have an amazing guest on the Adam Sank Show, a returning favorite comedian, actor, playwright, director, all around bon vivant. Bon vivant. Drew Drogi is going to be joining us a little later in the hour. But first, it is my pleasure, it is my duty, it is my solemn uh, oath to uh, introduce my, 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 what are you, my co-host to this podcast, the Prince of Pigs, Ryan Frostig, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, so, wow, the audience is Yes, the audience is going crazy. Me. Instagram can't hear the audience because they don't have uh, the headphones on. But uh, the audience went wild. And here is our uh, mm-hmm. producer, the queen of fuckery, Hi. JB. How are Hi. you, love? Nice How to you? see you. you. JB's bundled up like it's cold in here, I and it's not. Cold. I I don't know why. Like It was really cold this morning. It was 40 degrees. I even brought a jacket. Like I know. I feel like there's something wrong. But, girl, we're inside there. now. I know. I still feel cold. Quite warm. I had a sweater on, too, but now I'm I'm barely dressed, Ryan. Some of us are I'm still s- sweating I'm a scantily bit. clad. Um, all right. Let's get into, uh, before we get into the news, let's get into what we recommend viewing-wise. And today yes. we're going to start with Ryan Frostig. <clears throat> Okay, so I just watched um, a very interesting um, special on HBO from a couple years ago called Can a Computer Write a Hit Musical? Oh. And um, basically... This sounds right up my ass. (laughs) Might be. Because I love musicals. And you like things up your ass. And I Um, like things up my ass. So basically, it's these two homosexuals that (laughs) they're kind of annoying, but... The the premise is interesting, but um, they are, they set out to write a hit musical using only computers. So it's going to be the, the the final product is a computer generated musical, and they go all around Europe looking at these different like softwares and different programs that can basically like based on you know they put in all of this music from like Wicked, Phantom, like every hit musical that the, you can they think created of. an algorithm for it. Yes, and so. They, you see the full production from conception to production. Wow. And they even have critics that come see it. It's 
there are moments that make you want to kind of like turn it off and walk out the door because it's a, the faggotry is a little too much even for me yeah but the the idea of like especially now that we are the the industry the musical theater industry is struggling and unable to necessarily like bring in people right it kind of makes you think is this the future of musical theater but then you kind of realize that the takeaway for me is that no it's not you can't what's this called again how uh, can a can a computer write a hit musical? And that's streaming on, on HBO Max. Okay, JB, your recommendation for us? Oh, this is gonna be surprising, but I actually don't have one. I haven't been really watching TV. I no, mean, like obscure '90s cartoon. Okay, obscure '90s show. I've one on one. That's good. I've I've liked that show. One on one. Yeah, it's about a black father raising his single. Well, raising his daughter because the mom done took a job somewhere else, so they're now moving in together and living together. I, I thought this was gonna be me and my mother where we where we left my stepfather, but it's not. <laughs> okay, but you are enjoying it. I do enjoy it. Yes, and that's where is that available? Uh, it's on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, guys, I'm going to recommend a Dolly Parton documentary Ooh. that I saw on Netflix. I just kind of stumbled across it. It's called. I keep wanting to say it's called This Is Me. It's called Here I Am. And uh, it's just delightful. It's like the perfect escape that we need right now from all the stress and all the bullshit that's happening. Um, Dolly Parton, I mean, you can't not love her. She's had an incredible career. And uh, and it's a well-done documentary. So watch that. And then I must not only recommend something but apologize to Ryan Frostig. Oh, my God. I've been waiting for this For moment. doubting him. Uh, mm. RuPaul's Drag Race Holland <laughs> is a delight. It's so good. It's maybe the one best. of the best seasons I've seen in years. Yeah. Fabulous. Now, I know you're thinking, uh, how am I going to understand it? It is in Dutch. There are subtitles. Uh, but what's great about them is every once in a while, they come out with an English sentence completely unaccented. Oh, yeah. They'll just be like, Bitch, please, don't even try it. Yeah. And then they go back to like... Nah, it's so like, good. Their English is great. Their their drag queen speak is great. Uh, the host is this uh, drag queen named Fred, whose catchphrase is... Which, which is like, bye, girl. Bye, hon. He yeah. says that when they get kicked off. It's great. Uh, there's been four episodes released so far. I think there's a fifth one now that yes. came out last night. Yes. Uh, watch it. You'll love it's it. It's so good. And th um, there's also something really fun about it. It's been a while since we've had, like, because when, like, American Idol came out, America's Next Top Model, all these other shows, um, the international boom was very, like, interesting to watch. Yes. There's something about watching, like, foreign drag race that just feels I don't know. It's just, it's different. It's interesting and it's exciting. And yet very similar. Very similar. And Fred is the best non-RuPaul host Absolutely. I've seen. Absolutely. He gets it. He um, totally gets it. Okay. A couple quick announcements before we get into the news. <laughs> First of all, uh, oh, I need to know what your favorite episode is of all time. So either on Facebook or some other social media, or you can just email me at adam at adamsank.com. Tell me uh, what, what your favorite episode is that we've done. I want to compile like a top 10 list oh that I can then show people when they say, you know, I want to try your podcast, which episode should I listen to? Number two, uh, I am discontinuing publishing this on YouTube. <gasps> Ryan just gasped. There's only like 10 or 12 people that get yeah. this podcast via YouTube. Yeah. And it's just cluttering up my YouTube feed. There's hours and hours of episodes that you shouldn't be watching because there's nothing to watch. Today is the only episode you could watch. And it's on Instagram. It's just audio. You right. can listen to it on 
a million different audio platforms. So I'm just going to, this is it. If you're listening on YouTube, I apologize, but switch to Apple podcast or subscribe to dnrstudios.com or listen on Stitcher or Podomatic or any, there, any podcast site you can think of. It's on there, but it's not going to be on YouTube anymore. It's over. It's over. And I'm deleting all the old episodes. Finally, uh, I have an important announcement to make. Oh, is the fanfare still on here? Oh, here it is. Instagram can't hear it, but there's trumpets playing right now. Oh, yes. The Adam Sank Show this past week has surpassed 150,000 <gasps> downloads. Oh, that's so yes. exciting. Yes. Wow, I'm, I'm proclaimed. And keep in mind, that doesn't even count all of them. If yeah. you listen at Derek at uh, DNRstudios.com or on any like player if, where you like press a button and you play it as opposed to downloading it, doesn't even count. <gasps> Those are 150,000 unique downloads of the podcast. Wow. So we're cooking with gas, people, and you should be listening and seeing what all the fun is about. Very, all right. very exciting. Thank you. I think that's all my announcements. And now we can talk about Atlanta Pride. Oh, yes. Let's. Now, uh, Last week was Atlanta Pride, and like all prides right now, uh, the official pride was a virtual event only. It was like, you know, everyone stay safe, stay inside. We're going to have, like, things you can watch online and be a part of interactively. But there was no, there was no like, pride march. There were no organized things. However, Georgia is one of those states with a Republican governor where they don't believe coronavirus is real. And so, like, dance clubs are open, bars are open, and they're not enforcing any kind of limit on the number of people there. So as a result, there were some massive circuit parties that went on in Atlanta. At one of them, at a bar called Zion, a man died. Oof. He was found... Uh, excuse me, I got the... I got the um, Things slightly wrong. He was at a club called BJ Roosters, which I think is like the Eagle in New York, mm. in a basement space called Zion. And he, this guy was found early in the morning after consuming ecstasy, according to his partner. Atlanta police found no signs of foul play, but an investigation is ongoing. Um, the event was held uh, last Sunday morning from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. It was thrown by a group called, I don't know if it's pronounced G.A. Boy Events or G.A. Boy events, gah, gah. but it's basically Georgia boy events. Yeah. Um, so one of the attendees at Zion forwarded a statement to the advocate claiming that pandemic gu guidelines were not being enforced. It was packed with hundreds of guests to overcapacity at times. The witness saw the victim, who was described as a healthy looking black man in his mid to late 30s, have a medical emergency at around 630 a.m. There were no EMTs at the event, um, and it took more than a half hour for paramedics to arrive. That's really fucked up. Yeah. Because it's, it's pretty hard to overdose on ecstasy, and the chances are someone could have saved his life. Right. There should have at least been, you know, a medic on scene to, to, to make sure that, that nobody— because this, this, yeah. this happens at, at circuit parties. But meanwhile, at this other circuit party, at a place called—I want to say it was called The District— I'm asking, mm -hmm. like, waiting for Ryan or JB to tell <laughs> yes, me. Yes, that's it. Uh, I'll find it. But it was a huge circuit party, and Detox was one of the performers. Mm -hmm. And after it came out that she had performed at this event, there was all this backlash on social media, and people were freaking out. And 
she kind of, well, and I'll also say that uh, Cameron Michaels, another former RuPaul's Drag Race queen, shared a video of the packed party, and she said, are we going to name names or what? The fact that the rest of us gave up our normal pride festivities, our birthdays, etc., because we're not selfish and stupid, yet here y'all are acting like it's over. Do you know how bad I want to go to a club and go dancing? All of us do. Fuck you. So hmm. Detox, yes, it was called The District. Mm. I was right. So Detox took to Twitter and wrote, I'm sick of feeling the need to defend myself because of the actions of others. I have been unemployed for seven months, as many of us have, and have lots of bills and have had zero government assistance. I would rather not be putting myself at risk in order to survive, but unfortunately, that's where I'm at. All I can do personally in these circumstances is to make sure I'm doing everything with my own power to act responsibly, mask up, wash my hands, disinfect, and monitor my only health and body. Would I rather be in a bubble in my own home? Absolutely. Especially with my asthma? Of course. I do not have that luxury. What I do have is awareness and mindfulness of my own actions and behavior. How about that? You know what? I'm team detox on this. I think I am too. Because... <clears throat> okay, so it obviously would be one thing if Detox was attending the party, but she wasn't. She was she was working, and I think she brings up a good point. You know, artists, performing artists, are really getting fucked. Yes, in this pan pandemic, um, and especially drag queens. I mean, Detox is is probably one of the most successful drag queens from the franchise from RuPaul's Drag Race. But even she's struggling. You know what I mean? It's been seven months. So I understand her. If, if they offer her a ton of money, I understand her saying, you know what? I know this is a little bit risky, but I have bills to pay. And I, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that I'm doing everything that I can to be safe and to keep others safe. But I have to. I have to. We, I agree. We have to go back to work. I agree. If she's there to perform, yes. she's not she's not there to have a good time. She's right. not there to party. And it sounds like she doesn't and, necessarily want to be out and about. But Right. And also, if she's on stage and there are all these people out there, she's not putting herself in the same kind of risk as they're putting themselves. I have to say, I don't blame Detox. I don't even really blame all the circuit boys who showed up, although it is stupid and reckless to do yeah. that. It's up to the state. This, you know, Cuomo would never stand for that shit. No. De Blasio would never stand for that shit. In places like Georgia... They're all COVID deniers because they're just trying to please Donald Trump. Right. That's what that's what Georgia Georgia's governor is doing. So blame it on fucking him. It's not Detox's fault. Yeah. She didn't organize the party. She was the hired help. It's. Are you mad at the janitor who cleaned right. up after the event? Are you are you are you like calling for his head? No, what? I'm mad. I'm mad at the people who hosted the event. That's like it's. It's one thing to be mad at the governor. Yes. Oh, more to the other side. <laughs> there we go. It's. Get that good angle. So it, mm. it's more it's more about blaming the governor, yes, but then it's your responsibility as a provider of a place to keep your place safe as as yes. can be. You should have medics there. Yeah. You should have kept a cap on people. Like if you're gonna open up, I think some of them were wearing caps. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not those kind of caps. Mm. But you know, you, you have to be safe about your shit. No, I agree. I mean, the whole thing is kind of sickening. Interestingly, um, Cameron Michaels wasn't the only one who tweeted out video. Uh, there was a, a gay guy who won Big Brother a few years back. Oh, I know him. Andy Heron. Personally? The redhead? Yes, do yeah. tell. I mean, he is a friend of a friend uh, from Chicago. Mm -hmm. but, um, no, I don't know her like that. Well, he tweeted it out and said, taken last night at Atlanta Pride. People can be so shitty and selfish. Please don't be like these people. This is appallingly gross. 
listen, I have not been perfect <clears throat> during this pandemic as I cough. <laughs> Corona! Uh, very few of us have been perfect. Yeah. If you have kudos to you. Um, I, I mean, I mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. But we're human beings. We've been in this situation for eight months. The longer it goes on, the harder it is to stay apart. I'm not saying it's okay to run out to a circuit party, but I do understand the human need. It's a basic human need to live your life and be around other people and resume the kind of activities that like make life meaningful. Because life isn't just work and watching television and seeing one person, if you're lucky, and your dog, you know, like life yeah. is about, we are social creatures. So yeah, I'm kind of torn. Like It's really complicated because our government is not helping us. So the future is so unknown that we're all going to have to make our own choices. And, you know, unfortunately the trolls of the internet, they are going to be the moral police and they're going to, they're going to, you know, tweet at everyone who's doing something that seems, you know, whatever, but we're going to have to do what we have to do. Can I ask you guys something? <laughs> Someone says my nipples are perky. They are. Um, there's 13 people watching They're right now, which perky. is huge. Hey, 13 people. Um, so <laughs> someone asked to be part of the video. Should I allow that? Uh, who is it? Uh, Alex Riega. I'm not uh, sure who that is. Um, so that would mean they would join your live? Yeah. So they would be live with you? No, you can't do that. That's, okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, Alex. That's too confusing. Sorry, girl. Um, all right, moving on. Here's a story from August, because oh. I like to be timely. Yes. I don't think we ever did this story. I, I can't believe we didn't do this. I know. And if, if we did do it, JB, if you remember it, just interrupt me. Got but it. it was not on my list it wasn't of, when of I was past here. stories. Does everyone know that Niecy Nash came out of the closet as gay, and she did so by marrying another woman? No, you did not do this story. Derek Romain did it, but you did it. Oh. Yeah. I'm shocked by this, even though it happened in August, because I just found out. This is probably the most epic coming out story. It's a big coming out story because Niecy Nash time. has been famous for years and yeah. years and years. Never thought about her as a as a lesbian. Never no. heard anything about her. Um, she uh, she shocked the Hollywood establishment and her fans when she announced her marriage to singer Jessica Betts, who sung at her last wedding. BT who does. sung at no. her last yes. wedding? Says no. Jay. Good in breaking. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, well, Niecy Nash had previously married and divorced two men, um, and uh, she wrote, I got a whole wife. <laughs> the announcement of nuptials took the world off guard as Nash had never uh, commented on her own bisexuality, though she had long expressed support for the LGBTQ community. So uh, congratulations on being gay and on uh, getting married. This is yes, major. Queen. Yes, Queen is right. You go, Niecy. Meanwhile, um, the first presidential debate, the only one that's taken place so far, it feels like that was like six months ago. Yeah. But that was actually less than two weeks ago because we haven't been on the air since it happened. Yeah. And one of the big headlines to come out of that was that uh, President Trump was asked if he would denounce white supremacy. Of course, he did not. Uh, then he was asked specifically about this group called the Proud Boys, which is basically a, a, a right wing militia group. Mm hmm. And he told them to stand back and stand by, yeah. which is basically like saying, get ready to, you know, fight if I don't win. Right. And it, the whole thing is so disgusting and hideous. But one of the outcomes of that is that gay people, and I think George Takei started this, yeah. um, started using the Proud Boys hashtag and filling up social media with gay content. Uh, this was from the Washington Post. 
The president's comment telling Proud Boys to stand back and stand by provided a boost to the, to the Proud Boys on social media, emboldening its members to use Trump's words as a rallying cry. Two days late, later, amid rousing outrage, Trump denounced the group. But then actor and activist George Takei suggested a clever comeback, a way to drown out the hate on social media and replace it with something gay. What if... What if guys took pictures of themselves making out with each other or doing very gay things? Oh, my. Oh, and oh then my he, tagged, he tagged hashtag Proud Boys. He said, I bet it would mess up them. I bet it would mess them up real bad. Hashtag reclaiming my shine. Oh, my God. The call to action went viral with thousands adopting the hashtag and posting images and messages of love and support. Uh, gay people basically took over. The Proud Boys hashtag. And I, of course, jumped into the fray and posted a photo of the one time I ever did full drag when I was Shatanya face. And uh, and then LGBTQ Nation picked up the story and included my tweet with the picture of Shatanya. So Shatanya has gone viral along with the Proud Boys hashtag. So and I'm here for it. I have a few thoughts. Please tell me your thoughts. The, 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 the 11 people now watching us are tired of seeing <laughs> I was, um, do you know who Evan Ross Katz is? I do not. Okay, he's like a Twitter gay and, you know, he's a writer for paper and whatever. He was talking about this on his podcast and he brought up a point which is interesting, which is that this sort of like social media activism of like, let's, let's all post this picture and hashtag this and it's that sort of like, um like lukewarm activism where it's like a keyboard activism. Yeah. But the, the problem is that the people that are most likely to do that are white gay men. And what he mentioned was that like, you know, there are a lot of people that, that think that there is white supremacy within sort of like the white cis gay, like white supremacy allows white cis gay men to sort of like, be free and be sort of separate from the rest of the community. So the intention is is right to sort of reclaim the Proud Boys. But then if you're like not white and you're not like, you know, like a Proud Boy is a white nationalist group. So if you're right. if, so if it's a bunch of like white people saying like Proud Boys, it kind of feels like one and the same. Like you're trying to reclaim it, but yeah, it I also d- is kind of like I reject that. I think that's the the, the same ally bashing that goes on on the far left this all the time. I mean, let me ask JB. Do you do you is that a legitimate point of view to you? Okay, the whole proud boy thing. I yes and no. I don't feel proud or anything or way to show my proudness. It's not. I feel like we had this conversation before. My blackness comes before my gayness. Right. And, mm-hmm. So do you think it's helpful or not helpful or just meaningless for... I feel like it's meaningless. Like, what, what is the end goal to this? What are we going to do? Like, yes, we're supposed to be voting, but if this man is hyping up people to go to war, where's our... Where, where, where are our... Where fallback or back plan what's our plan right like all these crazy people have guns where are the liberals with guns to protect me like who are they right well the, i mean very good question and the fact is we don't have them i know one but, man but that's it <laughs> but i think I, I, the problem i have with this is what you're really when i hear people like evan whoever yes whose podcast you should not be promoting <laughs> uh it, i just want to say okay well as a white 
and we'll talk about this actually next week with Jorge Olivares, yeah. but as a white gay cisgender male, should I just do nothing then? No, but posting like, a tell selfie. Tell me what I should do. Po- posting a selfie of yourself and, and hashtagging Proud Boys is literally doing nothing for promoting your own, like, whatever. It, I don't... It, I don't it, know that I accept that. First of all, there's plenty feels, of gay, there's plenty of gay people of color who were part of that. Totally, but Proud the majority. If you look if you look at the hashtag, I'm sure that you will see. But that's a numbers white. game. That's because there are there are more openly gay white people than there but are. But the optics, I just think, doesn't help anyone. So it's like it it's it's and and the thing is about George Takei. Is and that, George Takei's not a white guy. No, but he's also like he's not. He, it feels. There's something about it that does just that feels like what JB was saying. It feels meaningless and it feels like there are better ways to kind of listen, everything on Twitter is meaningless. Yeah. Right? <laughs> this feels to like a certain extent. The most and I agree that this is not nearly as helpful as donating money yeah. to Black Lives Matter because or or to taking part in a protest or to donating to candidates who are gonna actually change things in this country. Uh, most especially Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Uh, but also, you know, your your local candidates, your congressional candidates, your 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 state representatives, all of that is way more important. But I don't see that there's anything harmful about this. And I think if it wipes Proud Boys off of Twitter, if they if they stop using their own hashtag, which is bad for them because then they are less findable on yeah. social media. I think that's an accomplishment. I just think if the intention is to send a message to the Proud Boys, they are not they don't care about us like they don't care about that's not what it's about. It's not that we're going to change their minds. It's that we're going, we're mocking them, first of all, and we're also hijacking their hashtag. In the same way that years ago, some hacker made it so that when you go to the God Hates Fags website, it yeah. rerouted you to God Loves Fags. Yeah. I, I love I, shit like that. I guess that probably made more sense a couple of years ago. It feels a little, it feels a little tone deaf right now, is my I point. don't see that. But no. I mean, JB agrees with you, so um, he, he clearly. <laughs> it feels, no, it, it's it's not a black and white thing. Well, I <laughs> agree with Ryan. I just feel like it's meaningless to me. It, to to me, this is meaningless. Like I, I, I get it, but I don't get it. That's that's how I feel. I know Ryan disagrees with this completely, and you agree with it. I'm I'm in the middle. I I don't know how this is going to help me better the future or myself. It doesn't. It doesn't. And, and, you know, no hashtag is going to help an individual. But over time, I do think that, listen, I watched The Social Dilemma finally. Mm. And the one big takeaway I got from it was that we are in an information war. Yes. We have been in an information war for years. And I can't fix that. I can't fix the, the technology that monetizes hatred and monetizes anger and partisanship and all that stuff. I'm, I'm in it. I'm like part of that system and I can't do anything about it. I don't have the power. The only power I have is I can make sure that I post and share mm-hmm. correct, accurate information that helps build people up instead of tearing them down. And me alone has no power, but a million, 10 million, 50 million of me all tweeting that same thing, sharing that same factual article saying, no, you know, Joe Biden did not meet with a Ukrainian oil executive. That's complete bullshit. That's Russian propaganda that was fed to, to Rudy Giuliani, who then yeah. fed it to The New York Post. I'm trying to push back totally. against the misinformation that's coming out. So for me, that's why it's valuable. But and you this- also do more than the average like I'm, I'm saying that there are there are people that are doing this as their only way 
of fighting back and their only way of activism. You're just doing it for, you know, for shit to right. go. You, you posted a picture of Shachanya. So obviously, like, you're, 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 this is just one little thing that you are doing personally right. to make a difference. Whereas the, I think, and I might be wrong, that there are a lot of people that see these kind of movements as an opportunity to participate. And then they say, okay, I'm, I'm done for today because they've posted it. They've done, they've, they've done the hashtag. And that's I gotta tell you though, I'm, I'm sort of weary of people doing the right thing or doing something that's positive and then being attacked for it because you're not, you don't really mean it or you're not really doing enough or what else are you doing? I, I think the left in particular, yeah. spends more time attacking one another than attacking the right. And the right doesn't do that. The right doesn't sit around getting fights. I mean, they do to some extent, but it's, it's a whole other universe over there. Yeah. They just line up behind Trump and say he's God. And that's it. On our side, it's like, no, you know, you don't support Bernie Sanders, so I'm not talking to you because Biden's a corporatist. And also, I saw you at this protest, but you didn't go to this protest. Yeah. So you're just being performative. Like, I don't I don't see how that's helpful. I, if anyone does something. Good. I, I appreciate it. Like yeah. George Conway, Kellyanne Conway's husband, mm -hmm. he's not a good person. Right. He was instrumental in getting Donald Trump elected. He was instrumental in getting all of those ultra-conservative Supreme Court justices on the court. He's not a good man, but since creating an, the Lincoln Project, he's done a lot of good right. to try to help defeat Donald Trump. So I applaud him. Yeah. I'm not saying like he's perfect. I'm not saying I want to like, uh, you know, follow him in any way, but like, Thank you, George Conway, for creating the Lincoln Project and, and working harder than any group and being more effective than any group in toppling Donald Trump's regime. If you are the enemy of my enemy, mm -hmm. then I'm going to thank you for the good that you're doing while acknowledging that you're still a deeply imperfect, flawed person. And I don't think we get that on the on the far left doesn't get that. You you must be perfect or you are canceled. Right. I don't I don't know what, what good that's doing us. I just don't. I did not know this was going to become a big story. I, know. I thought we were going to be laughing about me as Shatanya no, face, I mean, and that was going to be the end of it. Oh, yeah. I, I would say I still love your drag name, Shatanya face. It's a great thank you, JB. And people be like, "Don't be so woke." It's painful. That's what someone just wrote on my Insta. Yeah. Did you see that? Yes, I did. Was that yes. you? No, it wasn't me. But I laughed. <laughs> someone just wrote, "Don't be so woke." I it's think painful. I, I, I just, think they're talking to you. Social media is social media should be canceled. That's that's my big take, and that's why my eyes rolled at this story. Right. Anyway, moving on. Listen, we have five minutes Let's to do uh, three stories. Great. Uh, I'm gonna skip the next two. Okay. Actually, okay, I'll do this one quickly. So okay. in New Mexico, there is a Democrat named Roger Montoya who's running for the state house of representatives and he has had to address his gay porn past <laughs> in a statement posted to his campaign's facebook page he writes 38 years ago as a 22 year old struggling college student i was a modern dancer and performer living in la i worked hard to earn my own way never relying on anyone else including my parents i was auditioning for commercials this sounds like ryan and doing my best to succeed among those choices were two adult films i acted in as an adult with other adults in a very different environment and time i am not proud of that choice as i was young and naive but those experiences helped me to understand the exploitation of young people, blah, 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 blah. He goes on to say all the work he's done over the past three, dec three decades. He's, um, he's helped people in rural New Mexico deal with uh, AIDS and COVID. And um, 
basically his Republican opponent is doing everything he can to uh, tar him with this. I, of course, did the research and looked up his porn. And, and? Um, it's pretty good. Hmm. He was cute. He was a, he was a cute, big dicked twink. He appeared to be uh, highly versatile. And uh, I'm trying to find his name because I, I wrote, oh, his porn name, he had two of them, were Joe Savage and Eric Martinez. So if you'd like to watch, just type in Joe Savage porn or Eric Martinez porn. But who the fuck cares that he did porn? That makes me want to vote for him more. Mm -hmm. And so if you're in his district in New Mexico, please vote for uh, uh, Eric Montoya. Is that his name? Sounds about right. Vote for the gay porn star. Yay! Yay. All right. And finally, here's a story I wanted to do two weeks ago, but I never had time. Five foul-mouthed parrots have been removed from a park in England. Oh, my goodness. They were split up after they launched a number of different expletives at visitors and staff just days after being donated to the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park in eastern England. Someone, someone there said it just went ballistic. They were all swearing. We were a little concerned about the children. One of them said, I get called a fat twat every time I walk past. <laughs> oh my the African gay parrots named Eric, Jade, Elsie, Tyson, and Billy were given to the park from five different owners within the same week and shared a quarantining facility together before being placed on display. Uh, within a very short period of time, they started swearing at each other. Fuck was the most common word. It's very, it's very easy for them to learn, but the birds would utter anything you could think of. Um, so I thought that we would uh, go around the room and everyone could do their best impression of a foul-mouthed parrot, starting with Ryan. Cunt! Ha! 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 Pussy! Cunt! Bitch, fucker! You sound more like high-pitched Eric from the Howard Stern Show. <laughs> JB. Blah, bitch! Blah, cock! Blah, cock! That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put those in the soundboard. <laughs> Pussy motherfucker! Anytime we're doing a story about, like, a Karen, we just have to have JB going, Bitch! <laughs> okay, uh... Polly want to, Polly want to suck my cock. Oh my God. Polly want to lick my balls. I sound like Elmo. Yeah, that's my much. my uh, go to impression. All right, JB. I, I just want to say before you yes. before we do that, that mm -hmm. that was all planned. The parrot stuff with the five people they lived together. They taught these parrots these curse words. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. And I want I want to adopt those parrots. I would Same. love to have a foul mouthed parrot. Same. All right, uh, JB, it's time for you to get the guest on the phone. But before that, I'm feeling sexy. Why don't you put on some sexy music? Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Wait, I'm trying to play your orgasm. Oh. Oh. Brian. Oh. Brian, calm down. Hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. Brian just came. Ryan, you know that thing when your dick looks like a snail and you want it to look like a cobra? Yeah. Well, right now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. JB, turn the music down just a little bit. Just a skirt. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Chew. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. Right now, when you visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free, all you have to do is use special promo code ASS. That's A-S-S. -S. Just pay $5 shipping. You can take Blue Chew anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So, Ryan, you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Ooh. 
Blue Chew is made in the USA. It's prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor or wait in line. It's even cheaper than a pharmacy, and they prepare and ship it right to you in a discreet package. <laughs> package. <laughs> no awkwardness, and you don't have to leave the house. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts... I'm pointing to my dick, Ryan. I see. Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Once again, our special deal for listeners of the ass only. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code ASS. Just pay $5 shipping and handling. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ASS. Try it free. BlueTube is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the ass. Thank you, Blue Chew. Thank you, Blue Chew. Yeah. Uh, Is the guest ready, uh, JB? No. No? See. Okay. Here we go. Our guest today is a returning favorite to the ass. He is an actor, comedian, writer, director, and Chloe Sevigny impersonator. And his one-man hit off-Broadway show, Happy Birthday, Doug, has just been released as a film directed by Michael Urie and streaming on the Broadway HD app. Here's a taste. Girl, I quit acting. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Like me, of all people. I know. It's insane. It's not because I don't think I'm good, because I know I'm fucking great. It's just this business is stupid. It's like it's a stupid business, and like nobody knows what they want. And it's like, so, and that's the difference, because I do know what I want. Like, I do know who I am and what I want. So it's just like, it's just this whole cosmic disconnect. Like, I'm so much happier that I'm not an actor right now. I'm just really happy. Like, I don't miss it. You know? Mm. I know. What are you drinking, by the way? Uh, <laughs> no, I do not. Oh my God, enabler. enabler. No, honey, new. Oh my God, are you kidding me? Wow, you really haven't been keeping up with me, have you? It's fine, it's fine. No, it's just, I'm sober now. Yeah, tote subs. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. No, I, I'm so good. I feel so good. Now, look at my skin. Girl, look at my skin. Look at this, look at this. I, know, I, mean, I You know what's crazy? Now that I'm sober, I like never have a bad day. <laughs> no. And joining us all the way from sunny Los Angeles, please give a warm-ass welcome to the one and only Drew Drogi. Hi, guys. Hey, Drew. Drew. How are you feeling today, baby? I'm doing great. How are y'all? We are good. We're actually We're doing. St- streaming live on Instagram right now. We're live. I saw that. This is the first one, right? Yeah, unfortunately, our viewers won't be able to hear you. <laughs> that's, probably, that's, probably, that's probably a good thing. So um, what's going to happen is Drew will answer, and then I will interpret his answer to the uh, – in- no, okay. I'm just kidding. Drew, I'm so happy that you filmed this show so that everyone can see it. It's, it's really fabulous. How did the, How did the film adaptation come about? It was just, well, it was an idea that actually, um, we said earlier, Michael Yuri was our producer, but our director was Tom DeTrenant of the stage show. And um, Michael had been at a Zoom, we were, we were doing it in New York and of course had to, had to stop because of COVID and like everyone's story doing theater in 2020. And um, months later, Michael was at a Zoom birthday party. And since the show is all, you know, is about birthday parties and all that, he had this idea. He was like, what if you know, you sort of filmed it now. And, uh, you know, and uh, I, you know, we really wanted to keep it alive. And so um, I contacted Jen Hansen, who does the Chloe videos and um, amongst a million other things. And so the three of us really collaborated, or the four of us rather collaborated on um, just making it happen. And so, you know, we, we, we filmed it at his place and then just, uh, you know, um, we're just going to put it up online and then, 
had the idea to maybe contact Broadway HD because they uh, have my other show, uh, Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, yes. on as well. And so they just they liked it, and so they've, they've um, acquired it. So we're just so happy that people can see it now. And, you know, because it's with theater, you know, it's like even in the before times, it's like you have to catch it or, you know, right. miss it forever. And you were actually on the show. You were on the podcast uh, when it was running live. So yes. I feel like we're yeah. coming full circle with Happy Birthday, Doug. N next will be the, the, the Happy Birthday, Doug musical, <laughs> followed by the <laughs> oh Happy God, Birthday, Doug right. podcast. Uh, Ryan and I actually were together. My co-host, Ryan, and I, we saw you perform this live uh, in so front of good. an audience. What, what's it like doing this one-man show, this multi-character show with no audience? Super weird and lonely because so much of it, you rely on the audience's energy and you know, but we had to change a little bit of it just in how I played it um, because just without an audience, there were certain things that, you know, you, 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 that you feel crazy when you're like screaming into a camera, uh, it seems like, you know. Um, so we, it was a really interesting exercise that we had with some of the characters and sort of like sort of bringing them down and sort of playing them a little bit smaller. And, and um, like the, just the snippet that you just heard, believe it or not, is like smaller than how I played it on stage. Um, because you know, just you just have to sort of transition the the form. Right, you can't if you if you if you did it the same way as you do it with a live audience, you would come across as kind of insane. Which some of the characters yeah. are, but it would be a they different. Are. Uh, JB, I just had an idea. Would it be possible to put Drew on speaker so the people on Instagram could hear him, or is that going to fuck up the audio to the listeners? Uh, we don't have a speaker. Oh, there's no speaker. All right, because people on Insta, people on Insta are complaining that they can't hear you, or they're they're just watching me sit in silence while you speak. But you know what? Fuck them. They can pay for a subscription if they exactly. want. Exactly. There you go. Did you and Michael? And I'm sorry, uh, I got it wrong. Who was the director? You said it was Tom DeTrinis. Tom DeTrinis. And who? Tom and Tom and Jen Hansen. Did Tom and Jen and you and Michael ever consider casting other actors in the film version and making it an ensemble piece instead of a, a one-person show? We never did. I mean, you know, we have thought about, I mean, I've definitely thought about trying to adapt this for, for TV. And, like, in that case, you know, you know, sort of hiring out and, like, sort of seeing, like, who would I play and who would we get? I mean, you know, because it's, it's something that I think, you know, has legs and I'm interested in sort of thinking of as like an episodic thing because it's nine characters. Right. Uh, thing. So, um, but for this, we never, we didn't, I mean, especially because of, I mean, you know, the, because we're all isolated and pandemic was the greatest thing about having only one actor to deal with, you know, it was just so much easier. Um, and, you know, I'm a pig, so I want to do it all. Absolutely. Well, this is a perfect segue then. Um, hey, Drew, this is Ryan here. Um, glad to have hey, you back guys. on the pod. Um, when we, Adam and I both saw, um, we saw Happy Birthday, Doug, and of course we saw um, uh, Bright, Bright Colors. Colors. And I know for me, like, instantly these characters, they felt very real. I could identify in my life who they were. Do you, when writing these characters, do you have specific people in mind? I mean, how, how specific are these inspirations for these characters? Um, they're definitely combinations of a lot of people that I know. I wanted to write about like modern day life in LA and sort of that experience of being at a party where everyone's really insecure and, and, and I wanted to make all the characters gay men. And so it was sort of like sort of boils down into, um, you know, the types that you sort of have to meet at the party. Like the one that you just heard is the obnoxious one who's going to come at you first, who you find out wasn't even invited, mm -hmm. but is there. And it's like constantly talking about himself and, 
you know, everything. And so, uh, you know, I, um, you know, I sort of did the whole thing. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then like the older character is based on a lot of like mentors that I feel like I've had that I, that I really love. And, you know, I, there's a the waiter character that who's, who's really earnest was sort of like based on some, you know, it's like sort of like I, I, you know, none of them are based on like one person. Right. Like you, you didn't have friends that saw the show and were like, fuck you. I know that's me. Uh, I definitely had friends that saw it and thought they were one of the characters and they were asking me like, oh my God, am I so-and-so, you know? And it was really funny because everyone that asked was not the people that were, you know, it's always fun when, you know, the opposite happens when some, you know, you're obviously playing someone and then that person comes up to you and goes, oh, my God, what an asshole that person was. Right. Like, well, it was you. <laughs> I think you and I may have talked about this the first time you were on, on the pod. Uh, I'm, I'm an extrovert, right? I love being around other people. I love right. being social. And yet sometimes in a party situation, I feel extremely awkward because I hate okay. making small talk and I feel yeah. this pressure to, to make party conversation when I don't know how to make party conversation. I only know how to like delve into something really deep. I, I, are you the same? Am I oh, picking up on that when I watch happy birthday, Doug? Yes. It's so much in that way that I, you know, um, <clears throat> cause writing, it was really therapeutic for like sort of how I, I felt when that sort of energy is coming. I mean, a lot of it I think is like when you're a performer, I think people assume that you're kind of, and a lot of performers are like they love to be on all the time and they're happy in that way. And that's, that's great. But I sort of like exercise that demon when I'm performing or working on the thing. And I, when I go out, I really like to be chill and I don't, and I get really yes. easily overwhelmed. And I like to be sort of like, against the wall, like kind of quiet. Like I just have a thing where I'm like, if it's too much coming at you, it's, it, it's, it's a lot. And I, I can shut down. And then, you know, I think people are kind of either like, they're kind of going, what's wrong? Or, are you, you know, are you tired? Or are you mad? And it's like sort of a thing where you're like, I just kind of can't handle it. You know, it's, it's overload. Um, right. I like so, finding uh, one interesting person and just staying yeah. with that person the whole night and having conversations with them. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly I, I, if they're I hot. Because I used to, I used to have, to, I used to not realize that about myself. So I would run around and I would try to like make everybody at a party like like me or interested. And I and I was so exhausted socially. And then when I realized that I could just plant my feet, talk to who I talk to. If I don't, if I see someone across the room that I don't get to talk to, I could send them a message later and be like, "Hey, we didn't get to talk." Let's, totally. You know, and especially, like, sorry, what were you saying? No, it was just, you know, it's just a thing where you have to sort of learn to sort of relax in the middle of all of that and not get caught up in it. And then especially in L.A. where everyone's talking about their projects. Yes. It's just exhausting. Right. It's the, it's that competitiveness that happens. Yeah. And I don't and I don't think it's uh, unique to gay men, but I do think gay men are maybe the worst at this gay men and straight women. When they get together, there's this need to be like, well, here's what I'm working on and here's how fabulous yeah. my life is. Yeah. And you really see that throughout the piece. Um, I have to imagine, Drew, that the boys in the band was a major influence on you in, in terms of all of your work. Am, am I right about yeah. that? And, and if so, Absolutely. how do you feel? Uh, I assume you've watched the, the Netflix remake and I'm wondering what your take on it was. I did. I did. I mean, it's so, it was one of those things that I didn't realize when I was writing this show that after it, I looked back and I think even somebody even pointed it out to me that I had, I'm doing nine 
I'm playing nine gay men, mm-hmm. and there are nine gay men and, and boys in the band, and, and it's also a birthday party. And I was like, oh, wow, I, that was totally unintentional. But obviously it's so in, like, my DNA and when I'm writing. I love that. I love the the, um, the Netflix, uh, you know, uh, film. I liked the stage show even better because they really played it on stage like it was a party until the bottom drops out. And, you know, and it's just, it works better as a, you know, as a play because you really can sort of check in with all the characters on your own time. So it's hard in the movie because you have nine people to take care of and in one location mainly. But... Um, I think the film really, like, really, like, took care of the, you know, I mean, it is an ensemble piece, but a lot of the minor characters, I thought, really stood out in the film version. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I really, I enjoyed it. And it's also, it's still really fucking powerful to see all those out gay actors playing gay characters. Yeah. I mean, like, that's just, that, you know, you can't deny that. And And I think it's such a difficult piece. It's ugly. It's not you know, um, a pretty picture of what it's like to be gay. And then so a lot of people have such issues with it, but I think it's, I think it's such necessary medicine for us to watch and see like, this is how we can be. This is how we shouldn't <laughs> be. And, um, you know, and also, you know, just, you know, give each other, you know, more love and more space. Absolutely. I, I, uh, as I was watching, uh, happy birthday, Doug, again, for the first time since I saw it live. I, I was struck by the Oscar Wilde character. I forgot that Oscar Wilde, and I hope I'm not, you know, spoiler alert for everyone, but Oscar <laughs> Wilde shows up at one point in the party, the ghost of Oscar Wilde. And um, I just thought that was really interesting. And I'm wondering where your how, how you came up with the idea of putting him in the, in the piece. Well, I had a realization a few years ago when I was at a party and just every gay man was just tossing off witty bon mo after witty bon mo and i was like every gay man thinks he's oscar wilde after yes a few drinks. we do and none of us are <laughs> and we are we all are trying to be that and so when i was writing this i just as it was going and i i always love to throw in something that's sort of like unbelievable and sort of like weird and fantastic i think it's just you know fun especially for theater uh, why not and so I just thought, what if Oscar Wilde visits and then also admits that he wasn't even Oscar Wilde? Like, the legend of Oscar Wilde is even greater than the, the real man that he was. Right. Um, I, I love when he says, like, I love when he says, like, not everything I said was brilliant. Like, I said a lot of yeah. crap, too. Right. And I think that would be true. And I think it's like that we all can calm down and sort of relax. And we don't need that, that pressure that we put on ourselves as gay men in a social situation to always be za 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 all the time like we can just kind of be messy and human and real and um and stupid and that's fine too <laughs> right um one of our instagram listeners who can't hear you but can hear me uh wants me to ask you what is the status of casita del campos oh great question um they are uh, still open for food still so open for food really says well. Drew. very locally supported um and then, obviously, the, the basement will be one of the last places I think that will be able to be open just because of COVID. But, like, I know that the restaurant is doing well, which means that the theater is as well because that's, you know, they're, um, they're a, a small operation. And as long as the restaurant can stay open, then, then 
we'll have the space downstairs. So, so Drew says Drew says the restaurant's doing well. <laughs> the basement is not open yet. It's going to be the last thing that opens. But he's heartened by the fact that uh, that the restaurant's doing well. So that when they are allowed to open, they will be able to do so. Did I paraphrase you correctly, Drew yeah, Drogi? Totally. Oh, this is extra exhausting. I'll never do this again on Instagram. Um, all right, Drew, in the time remaining, and the Instagram viewers are going to love this part, it's time to play everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Yeah. Okay, describe a time when you made a big embarrassing scene at a party just like the character Jason does in Happy Birthday, Doug. Oh, gosh. I... Like, I'm trying to think what I've, I mean, I'm sure I've definitely, um, definitely done something. I've definitely been really guilty of, of talking shit about somebody's TV show and finding out that they, that they like created it or, I mean, I've definitely been really bad about that. Like I haven't learned the LA lesson of like, just shut up. <laughs> yeah. Don't badmouth anything. Cause you never know who, who's standing right. behind you. Oh. I've done that a million times. I have I have literally talked about somebody like shit talked about somebody who was two inches to my left the entire time. Oh, my God. It's a horrible feeling. Because it's also like, who cares what my opinion is? I just hated making that person feel bad in that moment. It's like, it was uh, just so needless. To, everything about you know, it's oh. terrible. You feel guilty. You oh. feel embarrassed. You feel like an asshole. I, my problem is I have facial blindness. I can never recognize anyone. So I, I, oh, really? I don't even know who's standing in the room. And yet I'm still shit talking people. Um, <laughs> all right. Drew Drogi, have you had sex since quarantine began? And if so, with whom? Um, uh, I'm going to say no. I know it's a complicated thing. I did have, I did have a, um, a massage that went a little, so I guess that's considered. Yes, it, it, a, massage, a sexual massage does count. It was really, it was nice and hot. So yes. You know, I think, um, uh, that's okay. I'm going to give you permission for that. I think we all need to experience touch. And if you're single during oh, yeah. this quarantine and some hot guy wants to come over and massage you, even if you have to throw him a few bucks and you wind up, uh, you know, ejaculating at the end of it, uh, yeah. who's, who's, who's the worst now, for it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have actual audio of Drew at the end of his massage. Oh, great. <laughs> Describe. Well, I made all of that all of that noise with my mouth. <laughs> describe, <laughs> describe the perfect kissing technique. We've never asked this before. Oh, I really do think it's you really got to just read the room and be in the moment because I've, I've, I, I really think it's got to be you know you've got to like ride the wave of a kiss. There's no I don't think there's one one way to do it. Oh, I do. You do? Yeah, I just told someone recently, less tongue, more lip. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm definitely not into a lot of tongue down my throat, but I just, I don't know. Sometimes it's, you know. You think it's organic really to the situation? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like um, most people need to be taught by me that <laughs> oh my God. kissing is about lips. And there yeah. is tongue action, but the tongue is not the primary instrument of the kiss, in my yeah. opinion. And it's also like, it's like a conversation, you yes. know, like you, if, if you're having that's, a conversation. Yeah, that's what I think yeah. Well, like you have to be able to, to sort of be there. I know there's so many guys, isn't it crazy that, you know, you'll be like, oh, and then the kissing's bad. And it's like, come on, like, just be here with me. Let me, other times that I, the teacher in me takes over and I'm like, just relax. Let me 
guide you through this. To let me try. Because I do think if anything I can do, I, I'm good at kissing. Anything physical, like I can do that. And it's like, but you gotta, you gotta um, relax and be in the room and not like go in like I have a plan. Right. The bad idea. Oh, I have a plan. <laughs> I always have a plan. Uh, Drew, who is your favorite <laughs> porn star? Oh, um, but I have one. I mean, I do love, I do love, uh, you know, old school. So I do love like Peter North. Peter North. He was a straight porn star, right? Gay name. He had a different name in gay porn. Hmm. I, uh, I have a different favorite every week. I, I just discovered someone named Clay Towers. Clay Towers. Okay. Towers with a T. Google him and you will oh, not wow. be sad. Uh, what oh. a fucking beautiful man and an enormous penis. Um, what? Yeah. Clay Towers. Name something you keep in your nightstand that would surprise people. Oh, um, let me look in my nightstand and even see. Because I don't even know. Ryan just Googled oh. Clay Towers and a picture of a tower made of clay came up. That is not <laughs> that is not what we're talking about. So Drew oh is God, Drew is now searching his nightstand to find something surprising. Have, you know what I have in my nightstand is I have a bunch of really crazy, bad like rope jewelry that I wore for a character. Rope jewelry. But I don't know, would that surprise anyone? What's that doing in your nightstand? Isn't it taking up space? That should just be your essentials. I, I know, I know, I don't know. I threw it in there one time and I was like, so, and I was like, oh, I'll deal with this later. That, that's the story of my life. You know what it is in LA? You probably have some enormous nightstand. Like here in New York, I have like a, a f square foot of space in which to store everything. Oh yeah, we do. I do have, I do have a nightstand on either side of my bed and my, <laughs> cause it's LA. Drew, who's the bitchiest celebrity you've ever had to deal with? Oh, I will say, um, Josh Radner. Josh Radner. You know what? I've heard I this story like before. Yeah, yes. He, you, was... he told us last time that we, when Drew was on How I Met Your Mother as a, I'm going to say, waiter. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I've told this story here before. I think that, I was like, yeah. It's that Josh Radner was a cunt to you. Now that you've told oh. the story a number of times, has Josh Radner reached out to you to apologize? Of course not. No, <laughs> he doesn't care. I'm sure he hasn't heard that. Josh yeah, Radner, like, not... if you're listening, if you listen. Drew Drogi deserves an apology from you. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your celebrity crush? Like, don't be that way. I, oh, it was awful. I mean, that was the, like that's always the first name that comes to my mind. I mean, you know, obviously there are people that you interact with, you know, that, that aren't always the most friendly, or they can be really right. tough, or they're having a rough day. But, but Radner was, was a real. Like, oh, he's coming for me. He yeah. was awful. Who is yeah, your celebrity yeah. crush, Drew? Um, growing up, my first celebrity crush was Ralph Macchio. Oh, Ralph Macchio, uh, cute. Oh my God, that's who I was. Yeah, totally into. And then. I don't know. Like now, I I don't know if I have anybody. I, I'm really, I'm bad about like now. I'm like, I'll, like you know, talking about like modern porn stars or modern. I'm like, I, oh, that guy's hot. I don't bother learning his name. I'm just old, and I'm just like, oh yeah, that'll do. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know their name. And finally, if and when Donald Trump concedes defeat to Joe Biden, how will you celebrate? Oh, getting as drunk as I can. And running through the streets, screaming. I, I probably, I, you know what? I'll probably just cry. I'll probably just. Just cry like yeah. a full of life. <laughs> I expect to be sobbing one way or the other. However, it turns out I'm going to be doing a lot of crying. Oh, Drew, Drew Drogi, Happy Birthday, Doug, is now streaming on Broadway HD. If you guys don't have that app, you should get it. How can people follow you on the interwebs? I'm on Twitter at Drew Drogi, uh, Instagram, Drew underscore Drogi. 
You know, yeah. Guys, follow him. He's delightful. I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. I Thank you, that. Drew. Have a great Thanks, day. Ryan, Ryan and JB, plug day. yourselves, please. At Ryan Frosting, though I'm on a social media break, kind of. No one cares. At Stocking Anarchy, you can only follow me on Instagram. Send me dick pics. Thank Thanks. you both so much. Tune in next week to hear another brand new ass with our special guest, satellite radio personality and activist Jorge Olivares. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Vote blue no matter who. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye, Instagram. Bye, Insta. Bye.